It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show Yo. with Mike Guido. Welcome to the Haystack Show. I'm your host, your fill-in host, I should say, Evan Mazza here on the Haystack with our awesome, super special, amazing Big J journalist, Monica. Monica here. She'll be doing the news, of course, as usual. Today on this Thursday show, obviously there's no Mike today. Mike, unfortunately, had a flat tire. Uh, Mike, we're hoping you're doing well. We're hoping uh, everything goes well with your flat tire. We're hoping you get it all fixed. And we'll see you back on the show tomorrow, hopefully. Uh... Monica, how you doing today on this Thursday? I'm doing pretty good. It's been you know, a wild, wild day. Wild day. We had some technical difficulties we had to figure out. That's why we're starting off a little late. We're going to be here with you yeah. for an hour and a half. We're going to have some fun. Mike, our, the captain ain't here. The backup quarterback is in. Starting quarterback <laughs> out. The backup quarterback <laughs> is in. I'm being polite when I consider myself a backup quarterback. I'm not kidding. So it's interesting we actually talk about quarterbacks, and we talk about quarterbacks going into another quarterback because we're going to begin today's show with a guy who's making his next start in the playoffs Lamar Jackson on Saturday night right oh wow hey Evan Mazza Ravens fan talk about the Ravens I know I know I know we'll get into this so Lamar Jackson obviously is entering a huge game on Saturday night this is his second playoff performance coming off this incredible 14 and 2 season he started he started 13 games he started he started the 13 wins missed the final game of the season because the team was resting all their players Jackson now enters the second game one year later after after his awful, embarrassing playoff performance against the L.A. Chargers. And, hey, I was one of the people that watched that playoff game, and I was with the, I was with the crowd. And, and, again, this, isn't a, this wasn't a, a shot at Lamar Jackson. Lamar had already done everything this team had, had asked him to do uh, when Joe Flacco got hurt, and they put him in. He helped them to the playoffs. They did everything they had to do. They ran the football effectively. They threw it when they had to with Jackson. And they, as a result, they went 6-1 and one into the playoffs. And I was one of those people who in the first half was saying, okay, you know what? Put in Joe Flacco. He's a past great playoff performer, franchise quarterback for the Ravens for a, ten, for a decade. It's not a problem if you sit Lamar Jackson just for the rest of the second half and let Joe Flacco see if he can win you this playoff game. Because also – Lamar Jackson was going to start anyway next season for this team. Right. He was going to start anyway. Like, that's, that's not – I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I didn't think it was going to hurt his confidence. You know, so let's see what Flacco could do, and let's see how Lamar Jackson builds from it and, you know, go, moves on from this bad playoff loss. Because, hey, every young quarterback goes through, goes through growing pains. You know, right. not, ev- not everyone is Pat Mahomes where he's just boom, 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 boom off, off in the get-go. Do you think that anybody thought Lamar Jackson was going to be as great as he is? Nope. Nope, I didn't yeah. think so. I thought I figured, okay, with Jackson, he's going to be – he'll do okay. They got the coaching staff to figure it out. They got everything to figure it out. He'll be okay next season. And not only was he okay next season, he was fantastic. And I had my doubts last year about John Harbaugh. I said, you know, John Harbaugh maybe should be fired because this team – I don't know if Harbaugh is the correct coach to coach Lamar Jackson. I was wrong, 1,000% wrong. Yeah. But now entering this playoff game against the Tennessee Titans, a very good defensive football team that could also run the football and are really playing with house money. They just win the New England beat the Patriots. They got nothing else to lose now. Tennessee can win or lose this playoff game. Everybody right. else, everyone say, wow, what a great playoff performance the Titans had. But entering this playoff game, now we have, well, is Lamar Jackson, how is, he, is this playoff performance going to affect him? Is, it, is, is, is what happened last year going to affect him? How is he in the playoffs? He was the MVP in the regular season. How will this playoff, how will the playoffs change him 
Is everything going to be okay? Will, will we have the same results as last year? I'm here to tell you this. <clears throat> I have 1,000% confidence last year. So what you see on Saturday night will not be what you saw last year. Last year is last year. January of 2019 is not January 2020. Lamar, and I understand the criticism. I understand the talk because every quarterback is the big thing is playoffs. You know, we, we love to see them in the regular season, but the big thing is playoffs. Peyton Manning had that. It's one of the reasons why I don't consider Peyton Manning the greatest of all time. Peyton Manning's playoff performances were absolutely terrible mm. considering Tom Brady, all that stuff, right? Matt Ryan went 0 for 4, 0 for 5 in the playoffs before getting his first playoff win in 2012. Everyone has – not everyone is Tom Brady with their good playoff performers off the bat, a Roethlisberger, a Joe Flacco where they're good in the playoffs off the bat. But some of these quarterbacks also have – Kirk Cousins. We just saw with Kirk Cousins. Right. Kirk Cousins, all the questions going into Sunday against New Orleans was, oh, he's terrible in big games. He's only been in the playoffs once. He was terrible in that playoff game against the, against the, the Seattle Se- – uh, not the Seattle Seahawks, the uh, – I believe it was the Green Bay Packers they lost Packers, to in the, yep. in the 2015 wild card playoff game. Uh, I could be wrong, actually. But, uh, that, but that was the big thing. Who, can Kirk Cousins perform in the playoffs? Can he do this? Can he win a big game? You know, the 0-8 record, whatever it was, on Monday Night Football. Well, he went out on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints and outplayed Drew Brees, went on a game-winning drive against the Saints, and beat them. We could debate if that was pass interference by Kyle Rudolph all we want, but the fact of the matter is they looked at it, they ruled it a touchdown, period, end of story. Kirk Cousins did it. And right. now we go into Saturday's game with the, with the 49ers and Vikings saying, oh, Kirk Cousins, oh, he, he's got a shot. He's got, he did it. He can go into San Fran and beat the 49ers. That's been the whole popular talk all week on this radio station, everywhere now. The right. Vikings can do it. Lamar Jackson, I have 1,000% confidence it's going to be the same thing. And I understand, I, I do understand the criticism. I understand looking at it, but guys, this Lamar Jackson we see now, not even close. Not even close to overtime. Last year, he could, just as Lamar Jackson, this isn't me talking. This isn't just me talking. This is also Lamar Jackson talking. You can watch. <laughs> Lamar Jackson went out in, in training camp and admitted, <clears throat> guys, I couldn't throw it. I couldn't throw last year. I was terrible last year throwing the football. I, watched, I was watching the film last year and was saying, I got to get better. That's not me. That's not just me, and that's not just everyone else. That's also Lamar Jackson. He was watching the film and saying, yeah, I really, really need to get better. I really, really, really have to get better. And my golly, he did. He got absolutely better. He's better as a thrower. Of course he can. We all know Lamar Jackson can run the football. Right. We all know he can run. This guy he's, he's so a, agile. He's, I mean. he's as electric as a runner as, forget Michael Vick, as we've ever seen. But the big question was, as a passer, can he get better? And yes, he has. He's more accurate now than he ever was. He's more precise with the football. And his decision-making is really, really good. Yeah. He, he can has think imp- on his feet. He has impre- yeah, he has impressed me so much. From, from where he was a year ago. And that's why I feel like the criticism that we're looking at Jackson now, looking at him and saying, well, can he perform well in the playoffs? Look at what happened last year. It's certainly valid, it's certainly valid among, among talking points. And I understand because we all go through that when it comes to playoff quarterbacks, you know, when it comes to any quarterback. Can they perform in the playoffs? I, I, I don't think this will be the case of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson... He's been asked about it, obviously, all week, and he said this. I'm a lot more confident now. I'm not a rookie anymore. I've been around. I've seen everything they could bring. He's 1,000% right. He's seen it all. He's seen, he's seen everything now. Playoffs is a different animal. But What do you think is, it is about the playoffs that, you know, just the, the nerves, the, it's, it's the pressure? It's everything. Well, it's everything. It's, 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 it's the nerves. 
It's the pressure. It's knowing that this is now now the trophy. Do or die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially in the NFL. Right. In the NFL, the NFL is a one game playoff. It's the, it's the only playoffs where. It's one game. NBA right. is a series. NHL is a series. Major League Baseball is a series. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder NFL, why. That's just how it is. And I, I love it how it is. I love that the NFL ha- is like that. Lamar Jackson, though, th- I, you can sense it. He knows it. He's had this in the back of his head for a year. He's had to think about this for a year. For an entire year, everyone looked at that playoff game and said, man, this guy's not a franchise quarterback. No way. He's not a franchise quarterback. You kidding me? They're going to be terrible with him. He can't throw. He can't do this. He can't do that. And I was one of the people that said, that didn't say, well, he can't throw. I knew that there was going to be a lot of bumps. I felt there was going to be a lot of bumps in the road. I felt that he was going to have to learn a lot. And not only has he learned a lot, you watch him. He's learning, and he's better now than he ever was a year ago. Better than he ever was a year ago. And I – you look at this game with the Ravens and the Titans. Think of what, what's the big difference. They both have great defenses. Okay, they both have really good hard-nosed football coaches. They both have strong running games. They both have a really good offensive line. They have, I think the Ravens probably have better playmakers than the, than the Titans, but the Titans have good players. A.J. Brown's pretty good. Uh, Corey Davis is pretty good. But what's going to separate this game on Saturday? The quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is... Yeah. Ryan Tannehill has impressed me so much in the second half. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's going to probably get a contract extension wherever it's going to be. It could be in Tennessee. You know, I feel Tennessee needs to be 1,000% sure that he's their franchise quarterback, but he's going to get paid. Ryan Tannehill is going to get paid mm. because he's done so well in the second half for the Titans, leading them to this playoff, leading them to a playoff game, playoff appearance. He didn't make any big th- – made some big throws near the end, but still 74 passing yards and 74 passing yards against the Patriots. But you look at Lamar Jackson, what he gives you as a runner, what he gives you as a thrower, what he gives you with that explosiveness and a playmaking quarterback that, the, that separates the Ravens from the Titans. That's what separates them. It yeah. does, what separates the Ravens and the Titans in this game on Saturday is going to be the quarterback position. Absolutely, It's going to be the quarterback position. It's going to be Jackson's escapability and his arm. He's got a good arm. And, and his quick thinking. I mean, you his, never know what he's going to do. His, yeah, and th- that also goes back to the coaching. That also goes back to Greg yeah. Roman, who Greg Roman also expressed uh, why, how this team needs to get better from last year in the playoffs. It goes back to Harvard. It goes back to everything they worked on. This, and how they proved me and a lot of people wrong. They did. They proved everyone wrong about how they would coach Jackson. Harbaugh answered questions about could he be able to do it. Could Jackson be able to improve? They've answered so many. The Ravens could go one and done on Saturday, and I would still consider the season a success, despite yeah. everything. 14 and 2, first round by home field advantage. Because, yeah, of course I would consider, first of all, yes, of course I would consider it a success. I'm the same doofus who sat on, this, sat on this table and said, yeah, I think the Ravens will go 5 11 this year. And I really wholeheartedly believe that. And that went down the toilet the second they beat the Seattle Seahawks. And I said to myself, okay, this team is miles better than I ever thought. Yeah. And then they really proved it by blowing out the Patriots in, in M&T Bank Stadium. You see, what, you see what Jackson's been able to do. Any questions going into Saturday? While fair, I understand it, we can't look at the playoffs last year as an indicator of what's to come for Jackson, not only on Saturday but in the future, because what he is a year ago is not even close to what he is now. What he is now right. is a better decision maker, a better thrower, more pocket awareness. He's smart at the line. Confident. Co- 
and confidence. Of course, confidence. Confidence is always key. Last year in the playoffs, he was sh- you could tell he was shaking. You could tell he wasn't he wasn't used to the crowd booing him, and that does get to a player's mentality. Yeah, it gets to it gets to you when the crowd starts booing you, right? And when a crowd starts to get on your case, and when a crowd starts to s- starts to scream for the quarterback behind you, they start they start to scream for it gets to your head. Yeah. And while yeah, I do agree that the Ravens should have gone with Flacco in the second half of that game. I totally understand why they went with Jackson. Flacco is very adamant staying with Jackson. The coaching staff made the final decision to stay with Jackson and let Jackson learn from this game fully, and they did that. I thought I think it was a win-win, whatever you did, whatever you, whether you stuck with Jackson or you went back to Flacco. They stuck with Jackson, and I think Jackson has learned a lot from that experience. He's gotten better from that. He knew he had to get better from that, and I think on Saturday night against the Tennessee Titans, he's going to show you that that playoff game on Sunday last year in, against the Chargers right. – Throw it out the window. It doesn't even exist anymore. And we all said after the game, after that Charger game, that the, Ra- that the Chargers found the blueprint. They found the blueprint to beat the Ravens and beat Jackson. Well, other than two games this year, no one else has been able to do it. The Browns did it. They were fantastic that game, but, and the Chiefs did it. But the one thing that the Chiefs and Browns did do, and my brother and I discussed it a lot, and Mike and I have discussed it, the one thing that these two, that these, that the Browns and Chiefs did, and Tennessee is going to have to do, and again, that comes down to Ryan Tannehill. The Tennessee Titans have to get ahead of the Ravens. They have to get ahead. You yeah. you got to play from ahead from the from the Ravens. Against yeah, they the Ravens. can't. They can't try to rally if you from play behind. From, if you play from behind against Baltimore, you're going to lose. Done, yeah. You're going to lose because this team can run the football and they're going to put they're going to put points on the board. You cannot play from behind against them. And that goes to Ryan Tannehill. And that goes again from the difference that these two teams will make. It will be a different story if the Ravens win and they got to face Houston and Kansas City because they have explosive offenses, explosive quarterbacks, uh, playmakers everywhere. It'll be a different it might it'll be a different story. Right. But especially for Tennessee, it might be a different story there, but especially for Tennessee, they got to get ahead. And that's where Tannehill is going to have to really step up and show what he was in the second half of this season, and less so. Despite he made some big throws in the fourth quarter against New England, he's going to have to step up make, and make better decisions and make better throws and be what he was in the second half against for the Titans this year because that's the only shot they really have of winning. Are you predicting a win? Is this a uh, prediction here? I've pre- I'll save my full predictions for tomorrow, but I guess I'll put it out there now. I've, I've said it all week. I said it on the morning, boys. I feel this game will be close in the first half, but come the second half – the Ravens will pull away. Like, yeah. I, I just, because, again, it, it's going to come down to Jackson and Tannehill, and Jackson's just going to make more plays, and he's more of a playmaker. And, again, the way the offense is structured, more so than Tannehill. Right. And Jackson's going to have a lot to prove. <clears throat> Jackson's had so much to prove all season long. I he's think had, he's ready, you know? Oh, he, he sounds seems, ready. He seems like he's good to go. He, so, he sounds ready. He sounds ready to go. He, and, again, he's had last year's playoff defeat in the back of his mind. And he knows that everyone is still looking at that playoff game saying, well, he's not a good playoff performer. Uh, you know, the Chargers exposed him. Now he's got to respond. He knows it. And, why, and it's why I'm going to keep saying what he was a year ago, not even close. Forget it. Throw it out the window. He's, right. That's not him what he is today. What he is today is 1,000 times better, a better throw of the football, uh, more accurate with the football, and he is the MVP of the league. He is. Yeah, I, he's he gonna, is. He's going to win the MVP. Absolutely. He is miles better than what he was a year ago. And obviously yeah. myself as a Ravens fan, I can't be any happier because, hey, <laughs> I'd like to – I, I, I said it when the Ravens drafted him. If I can go from one franchise quarterback in Flacco to another in Jackson and not go through a quarterback carousel, 
great, fantastic. Right. And I think the Ravens have officially hit that. I think the Ravens have hit that, and they will officially hit that on Saturday night. I think Jackson's going to go out there with so much to prove, so many people to, to say, hey, what I was against the Chargers, not, that's not where I am now. I am, my, I am better than what, than what I was at that time. I know the questions are still surrounding me with that playoff game. I've had doubters my entire college career in Louisville. I've had doubters my, during my draft process. I've had doubters right. even all – I had doubters last year my rookie year. I had doubters all season long. Uh, this will be no different. I know i got to respond to this playoff performance. I know I have to be better in the playoffs. I know I have to respond to the criticism, and I think he's going to. I think on Saturday night we're going to see a Lamar Jackson that's going to take over this game that's going to will this team to a win against the Titans and get them to the A's title game against either Houston or Kansas City. And that's why I'm telling you guys, don't look at last year's game as a predecessor of what's to come. And I understand, trust me, I, more than anyone else, understand the questions of quarterbacks in the playoffs because I say it too. Peyton Manning's not my goat because he stunk in the playoffs most of the times. Kirk Cousins had to prove himself in the playoffs. Uh uh, Matt Ryan had to prove himself in the playoffs. Tony Romo had to prove himself in the playoffs. The playoffs is such a huge factor in determining whether you have a franchise quarterback or not. Not saying those guys aren't franchise quarterbacks. They are. Romo, right. Matt Ryan, Pey- obviously they were. Peyton Manning's one of the best ever. But it's a factor that you have to do and perform to prove that you're the best, that you are among the best in the league, and you can get your team to a Super Bowl championship. Deshaun Watson is already showing that. What Deshaun Watson did against the Bills, incredible. I know. Incredible. What Mahomes did last year in the playoffs, even though they lost the A's title game, incredible. He, he proved, they proved themselves to be play, big-time playoff performers. I think what Lamar Jackson's going to do is he's going to do the same thing. He's going to go out there inside, and he's going to do the same thing. And it's going to be a great game. I, but, I, I cannot wait for this yeah. football game. And I think, I think what Lamar Jackson is capable of is going to will this team to a win. And I think Jackson will silence his doubters. For, for any doubters that are still remaining from last year's playoff performance and are still hang, hanging on to that game and still questioning whether he's ready for the, ready for the playoffs, you, re, you listen to him talk all year long, not just the other day, but all year long, he's ready for this because he's had this in the back of his head all year long. What he was in January of 2019, January of 2020, God, guys, we're going to see a totally different Jackson on Saturday night. I have, I have 1,000% confidence we're going to see that. Yeah. We're going to see that. But watch for that on Saturday night. This is the Hay Sex Show. When we get back, don't rush to judgment on Joe Judge. We're all looking at this Joe Judge hire saying, ah, what are we kidding? Joe Judge, what are we kidding? Don't, you know, I, we had Matty Caps the other day. We had Matty Caps the other day, the day they hired him. Uh, he's a Giants fan. Oh, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. Don't rush the judgment of Joe Judge. I'll tell you why. Next, it's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to the Haystack Show. I am your fill-in backup quarterback host, Evan Mazza, here with our awesome, super awesome Big J journalist, Monica. We'll be doing our news segment in just a bit. In just a bit, you are. We are all. We're kicking butt today. We're gonna have fun today. Mike, obviously not in. Uh, fortunately, he had a bit of a flat tire on his way to work today, but hopefully we'll hopefully we'll have him back tomorrow as he gets that fixed. Uh, we're gonna do a little buy or sell at the end of the game, at the end of the day, as we always do on Thursdays. 
That's my personal favorite game. I'm not gonna lie. I, that and Celebrity Deathmatch. I think my least favorite. I've said it before. I just least. like the sound effects. Uh, uh, I mean, it's the best, right? Isn't it the best? Isn't isn't the use? I mean, I use the Mad Money soundboard the, from Jim Cramer, C, uh, the CNBC. Jim Cramer. I, I love it. It's like my personal uh, video game uh, producer. I'm a producer. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's my personal little video game that I get to play with today. Uh, my my least favorite games are still my least favorite game is still the. Uh, the is he worth it? Because I just got you got to find like all these contracts, got to find all these different guys, and I get I yeah. hate it when I end up repeating the same guy that I did from like a few weeks ago, or whatever. Right. But we're gonna we're gonna have some fun today. We got buy or sell later today. I'm gonna give my top eight playoff ranking quarterbacks uh, remaining here in the playoffs. I already talked about Lamar Jackson. We'll see where he ends up. I know some people would think after my first segment, oh, he's probably number one. Eh, not necessarily. But I'll tell you where Lamar Jackson falls and where the remaining quarterbacks fall in the playoffs because we got there is no Tom Brady, there is no, there Tom, is no Brady. Tom Brady, there right. is no Drew Brees. Mm. You know, it's it's we always there's always Tom for eight years in a row we had Tom Brady in the A's title game. That will not be the case. So many people are happy about that. Oh, there's a, <clears throat> I said it the other day. It, it's like, it was like a bittersweet feeling. It was yeah. so bittersweet. Like if you had told me ten to fifteen years ago the Patriots dynasty would end, I probably would have been celebrating and jumping up and down like crazy. It was like bittersweet. Like it was almost sad watching yeah. that game on Saturday. Just seeing, not like not like super sad. The Patriots dynasty is over. If it is, I will still say if Tom Brady's back, the dynasty ain't over. But it was just sad watching. It's like wow, this really is it. Well, Tom Brady did post on Instagram that yeah. he's he's not done yet. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if that means he's staying at the Patriots or well, there's, there's he's still, looking around. There's still a lot. There's still a lot to get by. I've seen numerous mixed opinions on. We had Barrington Grant on yesterday. Uh, he gave his opinion on it. Uh, he gave his opinion on where, where this Tom Brady thing will land. I think Bar- I believe Barrington believes that Brady actually will leave. I know Teddy Bruschi of the Patriots, former Patriots linebacker, said he wouldn't be surprised if Brady actually did leave. Mm. But let's get to this. Speaking of the Patriots, Patriots obviously lost one of their assistant coaches. Another addition to the Bill Belichick head coaching tree coming from his uh, from his uh, uh, center, becoming a new head coach, is Joe Judge. The New York Giants hired Joe Judge over the week. Obviously, it came out of nowhere for a lot of people. We all he, thought it was going to be Matt Rule. We, everyone was pointing at Matt Rule, right? We all point at Matt Rule. He has Giants connections. He rebuilt Temple. He rebuilt Baylor. He has Giants connections. He wants to be the Giants head coach. And I'm, there were some people who kind of looked at the Matt Rule thing and said, yeah, the Giants will hire him and stick it to the Jets because the Jets had Matt Rule last year. They had him for an interview. And then they hired Adam Gay. So some people thought, oh, the Giants will hire Matt Rule to kind of stick it to the Jets, and then they'll go on and win multiple Super Bowls or whatever, and the Jets will fire Adam Gase within three years. By the way, happy anniversary, one-year anniversary to the day the Jets hired Adam Gase. For all, oh. you, Jeff, for all you Jeff fans out there, today is the anniversary of the Jets there hiring Adam Gase. But the Giants hired Joe Judge. They end up hiring Joe Judge, this lesser-named guy. Everyone's like, who is this guy? Joe Judge? Who? 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 From the Bill Belichick coaching tree, special teams assistant with the Patriots, special teams coordinator, special teams coordinator, wide receivers coach this year. And, hey, I understand. Everyone wants the familiar name or the, you know, like the Cowboys hire McCarthy, which I thought was the perfect hire for the Cowboys, or the up-and-coming name like a Lincoln Riley or a Eric Bieniemy, or a now guys like Greg Roman and Don Wake Martindale or even a Josh McDaniels. I do not think Josh McDaniels would be a good hire for any mm-hmm. team, but Josh McDaniels is still very popular amongst the ranks, also still part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree. But the <clears> biggest <throat> thing that I see with the opinion of Joe Judge is – with Joe Judge being hired by the Giants from, from many. And it's not whether they like it or dislike it. You can like the hire, dislike the hire. Reality is, coaching hires, we don't know. You, 
Mike McCarthy could be great could be great for the Cowboys or he could be fired within three years. We have no idea. But the biggest opinion I see about judges, well, I don't know much about him, but he is not a good hire for the Giants. Wait a minute, wait. A minute. So he's not a good hire for the Giants because you don't know much about him. Yeah. Now, if that is not a the definition of rushing to judgment, pardon my pun, on Joe Judge. Right. I don't know what is. I don't know how we can look at any head coaching hire, any head coaching hire, and say you can have any opinion. Any opinion is okay. You can like a hire or dislike a hire. There were some people that loved the Adam Gates hire for the Jets, and some people like myself who were like, Ugh. you know, and that also comes from his three years coaching experience with the Dolphins. But with Joe Judge, we don't know. Like, we really don't know. We can only go by what his perception was with the Patriots, <coughs> how he was with the Patriots, how was he in the <coughs> locker room, how did players like him. But the biggest <coughs> opinion is, well, I don't know about Joe Judge, but he's not a good hire. You, that's, that's when we really have to look into you, – you can't make that opinion. You can't say he doesn't know. We don't know who he is. We don't know much about him, but he's a, so he's a bad hire. That's such a bad take and a lazy yeah. analysis. From what I've heard with Joe Judge is he's a good coach. He's a good, hard-nosed guy. No, no, you know, no, you know what taken. He's a hard worker. Players like him, all that stuff. And I think if, if that holds, and that's from what we've heard from the Patriots, and I think that's a good thing for the Giants because I do think the Giants need someone like that in the locker room. They need someone like that. Ben McIndoo was a circus show. Pat Shermer had previous failures with the Cleveland Browns. It was never going to work. All that stuff, right? Tom Coughlin is kind of, is, was kind of a Joe Judge kind of guy, right? And obviously there are controversy stuff about Coughlin, and we can debate about whether Coughlin's style is good or not. But the fact of the matter is the Giants won two Super Bowls with this guy. Not saying, no, not saying Joe Judge is going to win two Super Bowls, but Joe Judge is the kind of coach that the Giants need right now. He is the kind of coach they need. So to say that, well, we don't know much about him, but so he's not a good hire is just wrong. It's wrong because we don't know. Yes, we don't know, but to say we don't know much about him means he's right. a bad hire. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen. Joe Judge is a special teams coordinator and a wide receivers coach. And we've seen – I'm a Ravens fan. John Harbaugh, special teams coordinator. It was the same thing with us. Who, who was gonna, we all thought Rex Ryan was going to be the head coach, right? We all thought Rex was going to be the head coach. Everyone wanted Rex Ryan. Everyone said Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan. Then Steve Bishotti comes out of nowhere and says, John Harbaugh's the head coach. Everyone's like, Who's this John Harbaugh guy? John Harbaugh, special teams coordinator. Why are we hiring a special teams coordinator? We need someone to help on offense. We need someone to be an offensive genius, an offensive guru. Jason Garrett was obviously a big popular thing, too, at the time. We need this guy. We need Jason Garrett. We need Rex, not this John Harbaugh. Who the heck is this guy? Well, 12 years later, John Harbaugh's the top five head coach in the game. Again, not saying that's going to happen to Joe Judge, but unknown coaches can have success. Unknown coaches can have a lot of success. And we can't look at Joe Judge and say, well, he's, well we don't know much about him, so he's, so he's a bad hire. No. Here's what you do. We say, all right, well, we don't know much about him. Let's look it up. Let's right. look see what Belichick says about him. Let's see look at the players have said about him. How is his attitude from the players? So you take those opinions. You take those opinions that, that the Patriots and NFL executives would have towards Joe Judge, and then you make your opinion. And then you say to yourself, okay, I think he's a good hire. Okay, I think he's a bad hire. We can't, we can't say, Joe Judge, who is this guy, bad hire? Just because he's not a popular name. Just because he's not a big 
flashy name that you know is going to, you know, he's got prior experience like Mike McCarthy in the Super Bowl, or he's a big up-and-comer like Lincoln Riley. We can't make determinations of it just because we don't know much about him. What you do is you look it up, see how he was, how the Patriots perceived him, and then you make your opinion. Because truthfully, we won't know, we won't truly know about Joe Judge within three or four years. If he's, if he's great, I mean, and the biggest thing with Joe Judge is, can he develop Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is the key. He is the number one key to the New York Giants because he's your franchise quarterback. And I love Daniel Jones. I, Daniel Jones is another guy. Daniel Jones is another guy. Yeah. Who is this Daniel Jones? Uh, oh, he stinks. He's terrible. This Daniel Jones is awful. He's, oh, gosh, the, why did the Giants pass on Dwayne Haskins for Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones stinks. Well, we watched Daniel Jones play in his rookie year, and he was pretty good. Sure, he had turnover problems, but hey, what rookie quarterback doesn't have turnover problems? Lamar Jackson fumbled a lot last year in his rookie year. This year, I think he's only fumbled like once. Yeah, if that. If that. <laughs> if that. I think Lamar Jackson's literally only fumbled once. Quarterbacks go through rookie growing pains, go through rookie problems. Daniel Jones, all right, he has rookie problems, but guess what? He still played pretty darn well. You still could, you can make a case Daniel Jones should be a consideration for Rookie of the Year. The guy was pretty darn good for you last year mm. with Pat Shermer, who is, I don't think, a very good football coach. So you, how is Joe Judge on Daniel Jones? I think that's the real question we need to be asking here. How is Joe Judge on Dan, with Daniel Jones? How can he help Daniel Jones develop and continue to develop into the franchise quarterback the Giants need, need him to be and the true successor to Eli Manning? I think Daniel Jones made a good few steps last year. I think Daniel Jones took a, took a lot of good steps last year. I think Daniel Jones is the new franchise quarterback for the Giants. I truly believe that. I have all my faith in Daniel Jones that he will be the new guy for the Giants for years to come. But to rush the judgment, and there it is again. Trust me, we're going to see a lot of those back page segments and yeah, back page of yeah. Joe Judge. Uh, Joe Judge, Judge. We're going to see a lot. you got to get the gavel sound effect. I know. Order in the court. Order in the court. <laughs> Order in the court. You know, well, I'll leave that to the I'll leave that to the Yankee fans, the uh, the judges court. I think yeah. it's called at Yankee yeah. Stadium. I apologize if I'm getting the name wrong, but I'll leave it to them to think of a name because hey, two judges in New York, oh, they already got that all set up with Aaron. We need to th- we need to see where Joe Judge will be in a few years. We can't just take a look and say who is this guy. We don't know who he is. He's a bad hire for the Giants because we don't know who he is. Just because he's not the popular hire, or he's not a n- name guy that ca- that that. We all knew coming out. You know, everyone knew about Matt Rule. Everyone knew about Mike McCarthy. Everyone knew about Lincoln Riley. Everyone knew about Eric, everyone knows about Eric Bieniemy and Greg Roman and Don Wink Martindale and Josh McDaniels. Just because he's not in those classes of guys that we truly know about, doesn't mean we have to say he's a bad hire. It doesn't mean he's a bad hire because we need to see it. And from what I have seen and researched and looked and see what the Patriots have thought about him and the reason why the Giants brought him in the first place, he's a hard nosed guy who's going to take care of business, and he's going to be a player's guy in the locker room, and he's going to get this team to work hard. The New York Giants, I think, need a coach like that. The New York Giants have not had a winning season since 2016. Even that winning season kind of fell down, kind of fell around uh, the tubes in two years. This is a Giants team that really needs to get back to consistency, get back and get back to Giants football. Get back to Giants football. And it all starts with the coaching staff, and then they got to work to the players and to the talent because once you do that, you can compete. This is a Giants team that's got an uphill battle. The Eagles are going to be good for a while. The Dallas Cowboys, yes, they collapsed, but they have a Super Bowl-ready team, and they just got a Super Bowl-ready coach. It's going to have a lot to prove Mike McCarthy. And Washington, we'll see about Washington. We'll see what happens with Washington with Ron Rivera. I love that hire, too. There's a lot, to, there's a lot of building going on with the Giants. Joe Judge, I think, 
we will see if he is the right guy. But we can't judge, but we can't rush to opinions on Joe Judge. We can't really rush to it just because, oh, we don't know him. We don't know who he is. But we'll see what happens with Joe Judge. I, I, I do think it's an interesting hire for the Giants. I do think it is. Monica, you're up. Let's get to the news with Monica. With right. Monica, a big J journalist here. Monica, what do you got for us today right, so on this awesome Thursday? Everybody knows Larry David as the co-creator of Seinfeld. Oh, this is great. This is great. I love so, this. So Larry David has said that he told the Jets to draft Lamar Jackson. And had they listened to him, <laughs> maybe they'd be in the playoffs. Oh, boy. So uh, maybe maybe hey, the I, Jets should look at hiring uh, Larry Davis I, as a general manager. You know, I actually... I actually haven't watched. I've watched. We've watched a lot of Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really watched much of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I did watch a few episodes on Christmas Day because my uncle was was over the house. He was watching the show. So I know Larry David's a comedian. So I don't know. The, of course the Jets. Of course the Jets going to answer this phone or going to answer the phone and say, Yeah, hey, that's funny, you know, because you know, not not a show. It's not about Jackson. It's really about. Well, here's a comedian. Larry a guy David, yeah. Here's Larry David, you know, a guy who's really not in the football operations. It's not really his job. He's, you know, he's not a football guy telling us to draft the dude, telling us to draft so-and-so. You know, we're not going to take it seriously. We're just going to be like, well, we'll kind of laugh and say, yeah, sure, no problem. Hang up the phone, and then we'll get back to our actual draft process see right. what's going on. Right, I don't know. Now, having said that, there is – now, because it's Jeff fans, right, because it's the Jets fans – the same friend, the same team that says, "Oh, we should have drafted this guy, drafted this guy." We all know the history of the New York Jets draft failures. The biggest talk this season I've seen from Jet fans is, "Well, we passed on Lamar Jackson. We missed on Lamar Jackson because yeah, right. Lamar is playing great. He's the MVP." Right. And here's the Jets saying, "Seeing Sam Darnold, and he's missed three games due to mono. He missed three games the year before." There was the ghost stuff against the Patriots. There was a bad three-game stretch with, between Jacksonville, Miami, and New England where he threw seven or eight interceptions. So everyone looks at Sam Donald. Every Jet fan looks at Sam Donald and say, oh, gosh, we're stuck with this guy. He stinks. Lamar is miles bad. We should have drafted Lamar number three. We got to pump the brakes here. We, right. we really do have to just take a deep breath and calm down. Sam Darnold is was the quintessential best quarterback on the board. That's number one in 2018. I know the Browns took Baker Mayfield. But Sam Donald going into the draft was the most pro-ready quarterback out of that draft. So, of course, if Donald falls to you at number three, yes, the Jets are going to take this guy. Right. And they have every right to take him. And Sam Donald, sure, while he hasn't looked like a great quarterback per se, and he hasn't looked like what Lamar has this year, man, Sam Donald, if you watch him these last two years, he's looked pretty good. Yeah. And when you consider what, you, what he has, a backup, he had three backups on the offensive line. He lost. This is just. This is just this year. He had three backup guys in the offensive line. Quincy Noon was lost for the year. He lost his starting tight end, Chris Herndon, for pretty much most of the year, if not all of the year. Loses his second string tight end for the last stretch of the season. And this guy played pretty darn well down the stretch. And he looked like the quarterback he drafted for. He also suffered mono, which that was obviously we have we had a good laugh about yeah, it when it happened. We did. We did, but it was unfortunate. It stunk. It stunk what happened to him. But he came back against the Cowboys and lit them up. Lit them up. And then the three-game losing streak happened. This guy, what he's been able to, what Sam Donald has been able to overcome so far this in his Jet career has actually been pretty remarkable. It's been pretty remarkable. This Jet, the Jets need to fix offensive line. They need to get a number one receiver for this guy. you got to hope Chris Herndon comes back healthy. Keep Le'Veon Bell around. Really focus his offense on him. And again, that involves getting the offensive line better. He's doing this with no legit pass rush on the defense. No number one corner. 
that's and then that leads me to this. If the Jets did draft Lamar Jackson, would he have had the success he had with the Jets than what he has with the Ravens? My opinion is no. Probably not. No. Yeah. Not with that offensive. Lamar, watch that Jets-Ravens game on Thursday Night Football just last month. Look at the time in the pocket that Jackson has compared to Sam Donald. Right. It's night and day. It's night and day. And that's, again, not a shot of Lamar Jackson. That's just the way the teams are built. The Ravens have built right. a team and an organization and a, a strategy and a game plan that factors more on Jackson than the Jets have done. Sam Donald's already on his, on his second head coach. And with Adam Gase, he was, they were communicating. Donald went, went to Gase and said, hey, we got to fix things on the offense side of the football. So to wrap it up, I know it's popular for Jet fans all the time to say, oh, we should have drafted we this guy. Had him, we yeah. could have had Lamar. We could have had this guy. First of all, nobody was drafting Lamar Jackson number three. That's number one. Number two, we can't, we can't, we have to think of the situations and we have to think of where hindsight told us 2020. We're, we're getting it. We're seeing it now with the Bears and Mr. Trubisky, how they should have drafted Pat Mahomes, should have drafted Deshaun Watson. But Sam Donald is now to that point, Sam Donald is better than Mr. Trubisky. The Jets need to build around Sam Donald. That's the thing. The Ravens have done that with Lamar Jackson. They have done that. They've done it better than they ever did with Joe Flacco. I know a lot of people ragged on Joe Flacco during his tenure, but the Ravens had trouble. The Ravens, for some reason, never really built around him. And they still had some pretty good success with him. They've done that with Jackson. Could I trust the Jets to do it with Jackson? Absolutely not. So, I think it's funny that Larry David did it. The Jets, I think, obviously, should say, yeah, yeah, that's funny, sure. You know, because you know, Larry David's on the draft for him. He's not working with him. But there will be some Jet fans who see that and say, oh, yeah, oh, he's yeah. 100%, he's 100% right. But... I, yep. Lamar, it could. I think it really would have been a much different story if the Jets did draft Jackson over Sam Don. I think it would have been a much different story for Jackson. Jackson is with the team, with a good structure, a good organization, a team that's willing to build around him. Right. And the Jets are still working on Sam Donald. And Donald has played pretty darn well considering what's been around him, which is not much. Monica, what we got for me next? Well, you mentioned um, the Cowboys, right? Oh, and yeah. coaching. So it's, uh, it's uh, rumored that Joe... Joe Philbin is expected to join the Cowboys. So, like you said, they have the players. They just don't have the coaching right now. Joe Philbin's another guy. Uh, Mike Mike got into this yesterday on the show. Uh, Mike McCarthy looking at bringing in this good group of coaches. A, also a group that he's familiar with, obviously. Yeah, they worked together. They worked together in Green Bay. Mike Nolan, he, he, Mike Nolan was the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers when uh, Mike McCarthy was offensive coordinator. This is around 2005. So, yeah, Mike McCarthy. They're familiar are, with each other, so that could be yeah. the, the missing link for yeah. the Cowboys, hopefully. They're, they're getting, yeah, which I think that's great. You get, I think the Cowboys, most of all, needed a breath of fresh air. You know, for years and years, you had Jason Garrett. For years, you had the same voice. And it just, you had some good moments. I think Jason Garrett is a bad coach with a good resume. You know, but it just you needed a fresh start. You need not only the head coach to yeah. be a fresh voice, you need other voices. And thankfully, it seems like they are keeping Kellen Moore, which I think is a good idea. Kellen Moore has been with Dak Prescott pretty much the majority of his, uh, pretty much all of his career. Dak Prescott, three familiar fit coaches and faces who have worked together, had success as, as assistant coaches. Joe Philbin, excuse me, Mike Nolan. I think Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy is the perfect hire for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's perfect. Yeah. He's perfect. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's going to help Dak Prescott. He has a bona fide success of winning. You know, we do, yes, to, we do know who Mike McCarthy is. Okay. Right. To, yes, I know it goes back to the Joe Judge point, but Joe Judge is more so of we're basing it off of, you know, we don't know, you know, he's an unfamiliar name. To Mike McCarthy, 
he is a familiar name. His resume is fantastic. And McCarthy, I think, is going to help this Cowboy team get to consecutive playoff appearances. And if the Cowboys are going to take that immediate step, that last step they got to take, win playoff games, go to an NFC Championship game, which they haven't been to since the mid-'90s, go to a Super Bowl, which they have not been to since Super Bowl 30 when they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike McCarthy yeah. is that kind of coach that will take you to that next level, will take you to that next step. And bringing in guys like Mike Nolan, who he's familiar with, Joe Philbin, who he's familiar with, I think will be such a – bringing in John Fossil, the, the uh, special teams coach to improve us. But Cowboys special teams really had problems last year. I know it all factored on Brett Maher. But bringing in John Fossil to be the new special teams coach will improve the special teams. Find a kicker. What happened to Brett Maher was unfortunate. Maher was so great for them a year ago. And, again, just with kickers, it's weird. One year, kickers are great. Next year, kickers are just terrible. And they just lost it, like closers yeah. in baseball. You know, one year, hey, Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz was so great for the Mariners. Comes to the Mets, and he's awful, absolutely dreadful. They just, it's, it's, it's kind of weird yeah. with, with closers and, and kickers. They kind of have that same mindset. So they have to, so you bring in John Fossil to fix that. Find a kicker. Fix your special teams. Get smarter on special teams, which you saw Troy Aikman and Joe Buck kind of call out a bit against the Patriots uh, when they faced the Patriots this season. I think what Mike McCarthy's building is something good. I think the Dallas Cowboys will take this season, learn from it, and they're going to be right back and kicking next year. I'm telling yeah. you, they're going to be right back next year. I thought this hire was perfect for the Packers. Yeah. Last one, what's up? Last one, uh, back to Joe Judge. So, looks like he's ready to drop the hammer, and he's looking at Freddie Kitchens to add, add to his staff. What do you think about that? Man, I don't know. I mean... Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett. Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens, Jason Garrett. Are we really... Uh, Freddie Kitchens and Jason Garrett. All right. Freddie Kitchens proved a year ago, this is the reason he got hired for the Browns. Baker Mayfield was really good for the Browns in 2018's rookie season. That was when Freddie Kitchens... And it really kick-started when Freddie Kitchens became the offensive coordinator after they fired Todd Haley. Hugh Jackson got fired. So... Maybe Freddie Kitchens can be a good offensive coordinator somewhere else. And the same thing with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was an offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. That's pretty much how he got his head coaching game. So maybe Freddie Kitchens, at first you think that because of his head coaching stint, it's, oh my goodness, why hire Freddie Kitchens? Why bring in Freddie Kitchens? But Freddie Kitchens did have success as an offensive coordinator. He did. Could that translate to Daniel Jones? I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Do I like the hire? Okay, I guess not. I think it's okay. I think Jason Garrett would be an okay offensive coordinator hire. I think Joe Judge is going to have his hands full in terms of finding assistant coaches, but you're going to have to find the most comfortable guys that can help out Daniel Jones. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens, again, was a good offensive coordinator with Baker Mayfield. The biggest, one of the biggest reasons why Baker Mayfield said, I want this guy as my head coach, because he had success with him. So if Freddie Kitchens is the new offensive coordinator for the Giants, it's not going to be popular because of what happened this season. You know, but we might have to take a just maybe again take a step back, see what happens. Because again, Kitchens is no longer the head coach. He'll be taking a step back from his head coaching uh, his head coaching job, going back to basics, being an offensive coordinator, just focusing on quarterbacks. He had success with Baker in his rookie season, so maybe this won't be a bad hire if they do bring him. In, so we'll see. That All right. is that is the news with our awesome, super special Big J <laughs> journalist Monica here, Monica Ray here on the Haystack Show on this awesome Thursday. Oh, wait. Come on, Monica. Friday, Jr. Thank you. I was waiting for it. <laughs> bail me out, Monica. Please, bail me out of that. I wasn't going to say it. Bail me out. It is Friday, Jr. <clears throat> so coming up next, and now as we 
coming up next in the final half hour of the show, I will give you guys my top eight playoff quarterbacks left as we enter the divisional playoffs. Where do I have Lamar Jackson? Where do I have Kirk Cousins? Where do I have Kirk Cousins after he proved me wrong and proved a lot of people wrong after his performance on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints? Now that Brady and Breeze are gone, there's a new top. Tom Brady is always my number one when it comes to the playoffs. Any playoff quarterback, Tom Brady is always number one. He out. He gone. Who is my new number one? Find out next. It's the Hayes Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is super awesome to have you guys back here on this on a beautiful, beautiful Thursday. It's really beautiful outside. Cold, windy, still windy yeah. here in New York as January is really kicking in. But it's beautiful nonetheless on, on a Friday Junior. And I love Friday Junior. We, <laughs> we all love Fridays. We all love our Friday Juniors. Uh, we're going to... Do start with my top eight quarterbacks. We'll do my top eight quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs. Then we'll get to uh, a uh, another news segment with Monica Ray as she continues to kick some serious butt as she always does as our big J journalist. Mm-hmm. Then we'll play by ourselves, and I love by ourselves. So, Monica, are you ready? Here we go. My top eight quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs. Here we go. All right. Give me it. Number eight, Ryan Tannehill. It's Ryan Tannehill. And, again, that's not a shot at Ryan Tannehill. He's done a very admirable job as the Tennessee Titans started quarterback since they made the switch to Marcus Mar- from Marcus Mariota to Tannehill. He's been great. And he'll, he'll, get him, he'll get himself a contract extension this offseason from could be the Titans, could be anyone else. But the fact of the matter is he's really the quarterback in the postseason that I trust the least. 74 yards passing. Made some big throws in the end against the Patriots, but a lot of playoff games, that's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done for any quarterback in the playoffs. Right, Tannehill's got a tough matchup this week against the Ravens in Baltimore. Saturday night, it's going to be a raucous crowd. The MVP is on the other side of the sidelines. A tough defense has gotten so much better. This isn't a, this isn't a dig at Ryan Tannehill. He's done a fantastic job. But Tannehill ed- entering this playoffs divisional round weekend is my eighth quarterback remaining in the playoff board number seven number seven is our our wonderful jimmy g jimmy garoppolo and this is really simple as this jimmy garoppolo first playoff appearance first time ever and there's a lot of pressure on jimmy garoppolo not just because this is his first playoff appearance but home field advantage first round by yeah all the number one seat it's it is the and the niners this isn't just garoppolo who doesn't have playoff experience there's a lot of players on the Niners who don't have playoff experience. There's really only a few. Joe Staley. And I know people say, well, Garoppolo's part of the Patriots team when he was a backup quarterback. I'm not necessarily going to count those. There's Richard Sherman. There's Joe Staley. There's Emmanuel Sanders. But that's pretty much it. The 49ers are really young. They're really just as a whole. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to lead this team into battle, into this game against Minnesota, who's coming off this ginormous, ginormous win for the Vikings over, over the New Orleans Saints. And Jimmy Garoppolo's going to have to lead them to, to win to a win here. How does he respond? How does he respond to the pressure? How does he respond to having a field advantage? And Jimmy Garoppolo's had some moments this year where it's like, oh, okay, he's, it made you think, okay, he's not great, but he's okay. He did have some games where it made you believe that this uh, this season. But this but come Saturday night, he's going to have to respond to what's what's coming to him against the Vikings. That's a very tough Vikings defense. A Vikings team that's hot right now, and he's going to have to. It's really going to be a battle of what pass rush is going to win. Is it going to be the Vikings pass rush or the 49ers pass rush? 
We'll see how Jimmy G responds. But give me Jimmy Garoppolo at number seven. What's next? Number six. Talked about on the start of the show, but it is Lamar Jackson. Now, I know some will say, well, wait a minute. You were telling me Lamar Jackson's going to be fine. You were telling me he's going to be okay. You were telling me Lamar's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He is going to be fine. It's just the quarterbacks ahead of him do have more experience. I think come Saturday, Lamar Jackson will, as he sits in that, this is a barely number six, because the guy number five I kind of debated on, but I put Lamar number six because the guy number five did something incredible on Sunday. He did prove himself. Jackson, I fully believe, is going to go up on a playoff board list for quarterbacks as the years go on. I think it's going to start on Saturday. He's going to lead this team on Saturday against the Titans. I think he's going to play exceptionally well. I think he's going to show why that playoff game against the Chargers is gone and forgotten about. We can never stop talking about it. We'll, st- we'll stop talking about it forever. He is number six on this list, but it's a barely number six. Right. I think he's going to go out on Saturday. He's going to prove a lot of people wrong. But Lamar Jackson right now in his second play- entering his second playoff game is number six. All right, we're in the top five, number five. It is Kirk Cousins. It is Kirk Cousins. And it was, again, barely. I had really a lot of trouble with Cousins and Jackson. But I'm going to put Cousins here because of what happened on Sunday. He did it. He proved him, He proved himself. Does he still have to continue to prove himself? Of course he does. But he, he is a good quarterback. Cousins is good. You know, there's a reason the Vikings paid him. He's pretty good. He's not bad. The guy's pretty good. It's just, and teams, teams, teams don't really necessarily pay Super Bowl, you know, pay great Hall of Fame quarterbacks because truth of the matter is, you have no idea if you're going to have a great quarterback. It's 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 hard to find a great one, but it's also hard to find a good one. You pay to get a good one. Cousins, I think, is pretty good. Can he lead the Minnesota Vikings to this win against the 49ers? Well, he surely proved himself against the New Orleans Saints, beating Drew Brees, outplaying Drew Brees, showing that he can win a big game, showing that he can win a playoff game. And the Vikings are coming in with a lot of people thinking, Okay, they can do this here. They can they can beat San Francisco. They can get on a hot run. They can go to the edge town game. They're just as, they are just as talented to go to a Super Bowl. And it all starts and ends with Kirk Cousins. I will put Cousins in the top five simply because of what he did on Sunday because that was marvelous. He shocked. The, I was listening to him on the radio. Shocked the heck out of me when he did it. But Cousins barely gets over Lamar Jackson. All barely. Right. Give me the top four. Number four. Deshaun Watson. What he did on against the Buffalo Bills. Incredible. That was incredible. It oh, really it was. was incredible. And a in a while, yeah, it was at home. There were a lot of Buffalo Bills fans there. there yeah, were we a, talked about that. There were a lot of Buffalo Bills fans there. And you're down sixteen nothing. You were down twenty one nothing last year against the Indianapolis Colts at halftime. Everyone's thinking, here we go again. Here we go again. Bill O'Brien's gonna lose again in the playoffs. They're gonna underachieve. And the Texans' job this year is really to get to the end of the title game. Deshaun Watson was fantastic in the second half. He showed you why he is a franchise. Deshaun Watson is one of the top five quarterbacks in the game today. Mm-hmm. He showed you why on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. That play he made when he got away, it was poor tackling, but when he when he got away from Max Miltano, I think it was Jerry Hughes, uh, to get away from that sack and make that play and make a play, fantastic. He was big time. Deshaun Watson, throughout his college career and so far in his NFL career, has been one of the more clutch quarterbacks in the National Football League, and he proved it again. This guy is clutch. I love what I've seen from Deshaun Watson. I think on Sunday, he's going to have another good game against a very, while they play better, a suspect Chiefs defense. I think he he played very well against them the last time. I think you're going to see another really good performance out of Watson, even if I do think Kansas will will edge him out. But I think what you're seeing out of Deshaun Watson, what we saw at Watson on Saturday against the Bills, it's a sign of things to come. 
This, this, this kid's special. He's really good. What's next? All right, the top three. Number three. Sharon well, Brody. number three, as I try to get the music going, as a, number three, it's going to be uh, Pat Mahomes. And Pat Mahomes, while he was great last year in the playoffs, it's, it, I'm, I still got to put him below guys who have done it before, guys who have won Super Bowls. But Pat Mahomes is going to win a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now the pressure is fully on. Now that New England's out, the pressure is fully on the Kansas City Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl. Now there is no New England. There is no New England standing in their way from last year. Baltimore is the top team that is going to to give them a, a, a run for their money. But Pat Mahomes, with his arm and his play and his explosiveness, his mobility, his cannon for an arm, he was great. He was great in the postseason last year against Indy and the Patriots. This is a guy who knows what's at stake, knows from his experience last year in the championship game. He's going to go out there again with a lot to prove, and he's going to go out there on set on Sunday and try to match toe to toe with Deshaun Watson and yeah. get his team to a Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes is so good, so talented. He really didn't have. He had that injury, but he really didn't have that sophomore slump. Like some, I expected. I thought, okay, he'll still play well, but he'll take a step back. He'll have a bit of something. Never really happened. Right. That never really matriculated. Pat Mahomes never really had a sophomore slump. He had the injury, but that was pretty much it. Never really had a sophomore slump. Pat Mahomes, number three on my list. All right, number two. All right, well here's here's when we get to the good the good stuff here. Here's when we get to the the toughness now. Now that Brady's out, now that Breeze is out, it's down to Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Who is it? Russell Wilson. Aaron. For me, the one who beats it out, the one who goes to number two is Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, to me, is above him in terms of the playoffs. But we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, again, as clutch. They're both great. Aaron Rodgers, as clutch as they come, as big time of a quarterback as you'll find. Uh, again, he's a whole, obviously, again, Hall of Famer. Well, the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. And, and he is. New head coach. They've, they've run, they're running the football effectively. Great defense. Rodgers is now at home at Lambeau Field. Won't be a tough task. Won't be an easy task. Facing the Seattle Seahawks, who are a very good, very resilient road team. I think what Aaron, Aaron Rodgers will probably, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to outdo Russell Wilson, make one more play than he will, than he has to. But I'm going to put Rodgers at number two because at number one. Number who's, who is Russell, your number one pick? Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson. While Rodgers is clutch, Watson's clutch, there has not been a more clutch quarterback other than Tom Brady since he got into the NFL in 2012 than Russell Wilson. Other than Tom Brady, Russell Wilson has been the most clutch quarterback in the National Football League. Big-time playoff performer. Fantastic every time you see him. And he does it with not a strong offensive line. Carousel running back. Aaron Rodgers at least has Aaron Jones. Carousel wide receiver. A defense that's also now with Carousel still playing good but far from where they used to be. And they still win 10, 11, 12 games with Russell Wilson. They're still in the playoffs every year. They're still contending for a Super Bowl. What Russell brings to the table every single day, every single week, every single playoff, every single game is fantastic to watch. He's deadly accurate. He's mobile. He's able to, he's got a cannon for him. He's clutch. And he's just got that, him and Rodgers both have got that championship mentality. But if I had to pick one, who would I take in the playoffs right now? Now that Brady's out and Breeze are out, especially Tom Brady, I would take Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, other than Tom Brady, is the most clutch quarterback in the National Football League. And there the you have clutch. it. 
there you have it. Russell Wilson, my number one quarterback. So, to recap, my top eight quarterbacks remaining in the playoffs. Number eight, Ryan Tannehill. Not a shot towards Ryan Tannehill. He's been fantastic for the Titans. He's done everything they've asked him to do. But Ryan Tannehill remains on the board as my number eight quarterback. Number seven is Jimmy Garoppolo again. First time. We'll see what happens. Lamar Jackson. This was very tight between Lamar Jackson and my number five. But I think Lamar Jackson is going to go out. Not a shot towards Lamar. It's more so, again, about playoff, about him entering his second playoff game. It is fair to say, you know, oh, how, how's, how's Lamar Jackson doing his second playoff, playoff uh, appearance? My point was it's unfair to say Lamar is going to stink because of what happened last year because he is a miles different quarterback than when he was a year ago. Miles different. Russell, Lamar is number six. Barely above him is Kirk Cousins, number five. After what he did Sunday, you got to give him his due. And, hey, maybe he can lead this to a 40 Vikings Super Bowl run. Number four, Deshaun Watson. Clutch. Been a clutch since he got into college. Clutch in the NFL. What he did against Buffalo is fantastic. Number three, Pat Mahomes. has all the tools you want to get you to a Super Bowl or win your Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Most talented quarterback we've seen maybe ever. And Russell Wilson, other than Tom Brady, the most clutch quarterback in the National Football League. So there you have it. That is my top eight. Right on cue, right, by the way. That yeah, is my top eight impressive. playoff quarterbacks remaining as we enter the Divisional Playoff Weekend. Divisional Playoff Weekend's a lot of fun. Divisional Playoff Weekend and Wildcard Weekend is my <clears> two favorite weekends in all the NFL. I love them. And Divisional Playoff Especially weekend. this year. I feel like we have a lot of really good games. I think a lot it, of good matchups. We got, we got four really good games. I think they're, in the AFC, it's really, I think, not to say Houston doesn't have a chance. Houston did beat Kansas City in, in, in KC earlier this season. Tennessee is certainly built like the Ravens. The difference is the, is the quarterback. I think in the AFC, still, we are expecting Ravens-Chiefs championship game. It's the NFC where it's like, oh, Minnesota can win this game. Minnesota can go to San Fran and beat them. I think Seattle has a legit chance, too. Yeah. Seattle has a legit chance to go to because they're so good on the road this year. Seattle's mm. just such an odd team to evaluate. They're so good on the road compared to where they are at home. And I almost felt like when they lost to San Francisco in Week 17 that cost them home for the advantage. I kind of saw it was like, it's not really a bad thing for Seattle because they're so good on the road. It's almost like, like, it's almost like it's better for them. It's better mm. for them to play on the road than have home field advantage because they're just so good. At, they're just so good on the road, and they could, again, this is a team that's used to it. They're a team that's tough mentally, tough physically. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, head coach, they're the first year coach of Matt Lafleur. I think Seattle's a legit chance to go to Green Bay beat them. I think this uh, this weekend is going to be a lot of fun, and we're really going to see not only the quarterbacks in this uh, in this weekend, but it, the continued evolution of what we're seeing. Mm. The, the Jimmy Garoppolo's taking over. The Lamar Jackson's taking over. The Deshaun Watson's. The Pat Mahomes. You know, sure, Russell's still there. Roger's still there. Breeze is still there. Brady still there. But you are seeing the new generation. You are seeing the new crop of guys coming into their own. And you're really seeing it this weekend. I think you, really, you saw it last weekend a bit. And you're really going to see it this weekend. I guess, and I'll throw Kirk Cousins in there, too, since even though he's been here since 2012, same as Russell Wilson started since 2015, you are starting to see the new crop, new generation quarterbacks led by the likes of Mahomes, Watson, and Lamar Jackson, and other guys like Sam Darnold and so on and so forth. So I think this is going to be a really fun weekend uh, in the NFL playoffs as we approach closer and closer to Championship Sunday, which will also be a lot of fun. So coming up next on the Haystack as we wrap this thing up, one more new segment with our awesome, super-duper, great <laughs> Big J journalist Monica Ray. One more new segment with her. <laughs> And we will get to my, fa- my personal favorite game on the Haystack Show, Buy or Sell. My personal favorite. This is the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
this thing up on a awesome Thursday night, Thursday afternoon. It's beautiful outside. Actually, so before we get to this news and buy or sell, I want to get to, uh, I want to go back to my Joe Judge thing. Joe Judge is, ha- is currently having his press conference right now with the Giants. And I mentioned before uh, that it is, it's re- kind of ridiculous and unfair for a, a lot of people to say, well, I don't know much about Joe Judge. So I don't know much about Joe Judge, but so he's a bad hire. No, you got to look it up. You got to, we got to see what his head is here before you make any ruling of any opinion of what you think of Joe Judge as a head coach. Don't just say, I don't know who he is, so he's a bad hire. No. Look, go by what he is. Go by what the players have said about. Go by what he is. And from what we've heard and what he is in New England, he's a hard nosed, tough guy. Well, I got Giants fans on, my, on Twitter really pumped up. They're really excited about Joe Judge right now, saying, wow. He's he, he's great. I love what I'm re- I love what I'm hearing from his press conference. So I went to the New York Giants uh, uh, Twitter feed and se- hearing what he's to see what he's saying. And hey, if you're a Giants fan and you still have those questions about him, you gotta love it. Joe Judge said this: You don't build the Empire State Building by washing the windows. You start by building from the foundation up. Discipline on your team is very important to me. Uh, earn it. The best players are gonna play. Uh, he started off with, well, I'm about his old-school physical mentality. We're going to put a product on the field that the region will be proud of. I want this team to reflect this area that's blue-collar, that's hard work. This is who he is. And, again, that's one of the reasons why you can't just say, you know, I don't know who he is, so he's going to stink. No. Yeah. You've got to find out what he is, what he's about, and then make your opinion on it. And I'm seeing Giants fans, I'm seeing Giants fans now saying, yeah, we love what he's bringing. Because he, that is the kind of type of coach that the Giants really need at this point in time. They really do. This is the kind of coach they need at this point in time. I think if you're a Giants fan, you know, again. Should be excited. Well, you should be, you should, yeah, you should be mm. looking forward to it. You should be mm. looking forward to getting back to being New York Giants football. Hard nose, run the football, set up play action, get after the quarterback. And you need a coach that is going to start that philosophy up again that has helped you get to four Super Bowl championships in your history. So, I, again, we won't know. Hey. Again, three years, four years down the line, that's when we really see what Joe, we'll really see what Joe Judge is and how he is as a head coach. But my, my thing is we can't make up – you can't make an opinion on Joe Judge by just saying, well, he stinks because I don't know much about him. Find out what he's about, right. see what he is, and then Give make him a opinion. chance. Yeah, and see, see what he is, then give your opinion on it. If you like it, cool. If you don't, okay. Maybe he proves you wrong in three years. But I think if you're a Giants fan, you hear his, you see his press conference, you're hearing his press conference, you're watching it. Again, I'm just reading it off the timeline from the Giants' Twitter feed. I think you do have to love it. You've it, it you got to love it because you haven't had a coach like that since Coughlin, you know, and you've been through two head coaches now in four years. That's not typically New York Giants. So I think if you're a Giants fan, you got to love what you hear from, from, uh, from, Joe, from Mr. Joe Judge. To the news with Monica Ray. What do we got here, Monica? All right. So you did talk about Jimmy Garoppolo earlier. So he is making his playoff debut. Yep. And it seems that his, uh, his home camp is standing behind him. They're saying he's ready, he's going to get it done, and we have every confidence in him uh-huh. going into the game against the Vikings. So um, I guess he's feeling strong, and they're going to back him up, and we'll see what happens yeah, there. Yeah, and they have to. Obviously, you traded for him. You traded for him. He was 5-0 and with you in 2017 when you got him. You paid for him again. Paying for a guy you believe is your guy, a good quarterback. You don't want you, know, you don't want to go through the quarterback carousel. They paid for Garoppolo. They like him. They like what he brings to the table. He's smart, good decision maker, good quarterback. And yeah, this will be interesting to watch. How does he, how does he handle his first playoff appearance? How does he handle being there? And that'll be interesting to see because you get yeah you will struggle with your first playoff appearance. But how do you learn from it? Lamar Jackson I think has learned so much from from his playoff failure. I've mentioned it so many times on the show today. I know, but. 
Jackson has, you could tell Jackson's learned a lot from it. And you're gonna yeah. see you're gonna see it on Saturday. You're really gonna see it on Saturday. How does Jimmy Garoppolo respond? That's a good defense is going up against. That's a he's got a good team, good coach. Tough defense, tough team coming to town. First round by, home field advantage. You know, team that's not really used to it. A coaching staff that really a head coach that has never been in the playoffs before as a head coach. How does he handle it? So I think it's more so, I think it's Garoppolo and, and a lot of other people. You know, because at least with the Ravens, they have experience. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson now has experience. Harbaugh's won the Super Bowl. Ron, Ronnie Stanley's been in the playoffs. Orlando Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Orlando Brown has, have, were in the playoffs last year with them. Marshall Yanda has been there since 2006 or 2006, 2007. He's been numerous playoff appearances with the Ravens. Uh, Earl Thomas, of course, has been in playoffs with, with, the, with the Ravens. Uh, with, I'm sorry, with the Seahawks. So at least guys from the Ravens have experience. There's not many, a lot of, there's not many other than a couple of few like Staley and Emmanuel Sanders and Richard Sherman that have experience. Garoppolo is one of them. How do they handle it? I think it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday because a lot of people are looking at this game and saying, upset alert, Minnesota. Minnesota has a shot to win and they certainly do. So it'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm curious to see what Garoppolo, how Garoppolo handles it. And this is a big opportunity for Garoppolo because, you know, they're the favorites and I think if Jimmy Garoppolo goes on and wins the Super Bowl, then I think you'll see some people say, well, maybe the Patriots should have held on to Jimmy. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not. I wouldn't agree with it because hey, the Patriots were able to win a couple Super Bowls when they did make that decision. But I'm sure you will see a couple people say, oh, "See, maybe the Patriots should have hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo instead of say, hanging on to Tom Brady." You know, I, you know, I hope the 49ers are going to be the next great, you know, NFL dynasty. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think Garoppolo, you know, definitely the more one of the more curious quarterbacks to watch in playoff weekend. Yeah, all right. And the Eagles have been uh, a little busy cleaning house. Clean up aisle two with the Eagles. They yep. they fired two coaches. Mm-hmm. Mike Rowe, the offensive coordinator, and Carson Welch, the yep. wide receivers coach. Mike Rowe, I could I could definitely see it. The offense, you know, the offense had a lot of troubles, a lot of problems early in midseason. Uh, they lost games they should have lost, like to Miami. The offense is inconsistent. I could see why they need to go in a different direction. This is actually, you know, weird to see because now the Eagles are now on to another offensive coordinator. John DeFilippo was there. Now it's, you know, this is yet Mike Rowe is now out. DeFilippo left. You know, this is a yet another offensive coordinator change with Carson Wentz now a quarterback. And again, I, I've seen it before where offensive coordinators keep changing and changing. It does kind of affect your quarterback. We'll see how we'll see how that affects Carson Wentz having yet another offensive coordinator. Carson Welch being the wide receivers coach being fired was a little interesting because the what happened with the wide receivers? I don't know. That really wasn't his fault. I mean, there were injuries to Alshon Jeffrey, injuries to Deshaun Jackson, Aguilar, playing with guys like Greg Ward and other guys. I don't know. I mean, I thought Carson Welch, I mean, I guess maybe they want to really retool the offensive coaching staff with Doug Peterson. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have fired just just by thinking of what happened all season long. Maybe Carson Welch probably should have stuck around. Mike Rowe, I could see why they fired him. They let him go. I don't know. Carson Welch, I don't think he did a bad job as the wide receivers coach. I mean, had to go through a lot. Had to go through injuries. Playing with guys who were on the practice squad, undrafted free. I don't know. I thought Carson Welch, the wide receiver coach, did a good job. I, I didn't understand the reason to let him go, but... I guess they want to yeah. really fully retool the offensive coaching staff. Now, obviously, that starts with Mike Rowe, and they had troubles on offense this year. They did. A lot of credit goes to Doug Pearson. A lot of credit goes to Carson Wentz with the talent that was still there, that was there on offense, losing guys like Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and still being there. Cowboys played a part. Cowboys played a big part collapsing. That's true. 
but the Eagles playing well down the stretch, beating the Cowboys in Philadelphia when it mattered the most, winning the division, beating the Giants in Week 17. The, the Doug Pearson Carson did a heck of a job, and yeah, they definitely you could definitely tell they needed some needed change of offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach. I don't know, I kind of question that, but I guess I can understand. Yeah, right. And then I, I pulled this story from Mike. Go um, for it. Mike, so Mike had a flat tire today. Right. I don't know why, but I'm going to assume because it, he hit one of the thousands of potholes that are out on the road right now. So I looked up the world's largest pothole. <laughs> so this is for you, Mike. The world's largest pothole <laughs> is in Pennsylvania. Really? So oh. how deep do you think this pothole is, Evan? <clears throat> how deep? It's 38 feet deep and 42 feet by 29 feet. So it's a a 30 feet hole, 30 feet pothole? 38, 38 yeah, it's deep. I mean, you go in that, it's like going to the journey of the center of the earth pretty much, right? right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely 60 feet is definitely too high. I don't know. I I mean, I was thinking world's largest pothole. How how deep and how big to the center of the earth is this really kind of big? Yeah. (laughs) This is where, Pennsylvania? It's in Pennsylvania in in a place named Pothole Park. Is that what it's really called? So people go and look at it, yeah. <laughs> if wow. you look it up online, you can see they had, like, I guess they put a car in there or a car fell in there. I have no idea. Wow. So it's so. really called Pot Pothill Park? Pot, pothole. Pothole Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So. I mean, I've been, to Pencil- I've been to Pennsylvania numerous times. I love Pennsylvania. I yeah. love going there. I love I love checking around, going to Hershey Park, Dorney Park. You know, yeah. I've gone, gone to Philadelphia a couple times. I mean, did you ever go on that roller coaster Sky Rush? Yes. At Hershey? Yeah. Yes. That's a wicked one, right? So good. Oh my god. So good. The roller coaster at Hershey Park. Just the Hershey Park facility and the complex and the music yeah. park, the factory. I love her the hotel. I love Hershey Park. Me too. I, I love Hershey Park. I got I gotta go back there one day. I haven't been back there in seven years around that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe a little sooner. I don't know. I'm not sure, but I and you're a roller coaster fan. Oh, I'm a roller coaster. Yeah, nut me job. too. You do, yeah, I I will go on every roller coaster on any park, even if it's bad. Me uh, too. I don't care. I'll go on any roller coaster you ask me to go on. I I am a roller coaster nut. I went on one that was frightening in uh, Vegas uh, at the top of the stratosphere. Oh, I see that one. Yeah, and it, I know what you're talking about. It basically shoots you off the side of the building, <laughs> and it's it, it's. And you're just yeah. hanging around. You're, and you're seeing just like nothing hanging. but. Nothing but road. Nothing. <laughs> nothing but road. It's just that one. Like, that was probably the scariest one yeah. that I've been on. Oh my god! Because I'm thinking, imagine. what if this breaks? It's uh, over. Of course. You know. Well, you know, it's, you know they. I. You know, they, they, they rides like that. You know, they've worked on it a ton. They've they've worked on. Yeah, a but ton. don't they've you don't it. remember? Um, don't you forget the uh, yeah. Superman ride at Great Adventure? Right. In right. Jersey, somebody flew off that and died. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this, there is a danger roller coaster. Yeah. It takes a lot of takes a lot of practice a lot of you know yeah. getting getting everything all right and fit you know you but you, you do know that that's what you know that's what they have that's what they have to do but rides like that like the one in vegas yeah Ooh, i can only imagine that was frightening oh i can only imagine how that was yeah but that is today's news on this thursday january 9th 2020 it's already 22 it's already 2020 2020 uh, 2020 mm. wow it's already january 9th before you know, it's going to be February, it's going to be March, it's going to be July, and we're all looking forward to Yay, summer. We're, we're looking to summer, looking forward to Christmas. We'll be looking forward to Christmas season again. We'll be doing this whole 2021. We'll be doing this, we'll be doing this all over again. Yep. But, uh, all right, time for my favorite game all of right. the week. I love this game. That and, of course, Celebrity Deathmatch tomorrow. 
Well, uh, that will be tomorrow on Fridays. We do Celebrity Deathmatch. But on Thursdays, Celebrity Athlete Deathmatch, I have to say. But on Thursdays, we do my personal favorite game, Buy or Sell. We do Buy, Buy, Buy. buy, buy, buy. Sell, sell, sell. And I get to play around with the Mad Money Soundboard, which is like my little video game system that I get to play with. So, Monica, what's first up on All Buy right. or Sell today? So, Buy or Sell. Lamar's Jackson's past playoff performance will affect him on Saturday. Sell, sell, sell. I'm going to keep sell, sell, sell. selling yeah. that sell, sell, every sell, sell, single time. And I trust me, and I get it. We all got to see how he is in the playoffs. This is his second playoff appearance. But let's not rush. Let's not say he's going to stink because of what happened last year. Last year is last year. He has grown so, so much from what he was back in January of last year. He's much better than he is. Better thrower of the football, better decision maker of the football, uh, accurate, uh, efficient. He's going to be up. And I, that all adds up to his to his incredible ability as a runner, which of course will be factored into. It actually might be factored <clears throat> in a lot more. Now Mark Ingram was back at practice today in Baltimore, but actually my Lamar's running ability might factor in a lot more because we still don't know how 100% healthy Mark Ingram is going to be. But still. Great. Obviously, he's explosive as a runner, as, as, as you can see, as you can, as it'll get. No, this what happened last year. He has grown so much from last year. Not even he's not even close to what he was. He'll be just fine on Saturday. I'm selling that big time. He'll be just fine. All right, buy or sell. Mike McCarthy is the perfect hire for the Cowboys. Buy, 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 yeah. buy, buy. Gonna keep buying that. And I, and you know what? I was Barrington Grant was on yesterday. He described it as an eh hire. Um, obviously, people, obviously, other others were saying, you know, it's a decent hire, it's a bad hire. I think it's perfect. I think Mike McCarthy is just the right coach, and I think I think he's the perfect coach also because it's not a Jerry Jones hire. Like this isn't something Jerry Jones really does. He's not going to bring in a, you know, I know he brought in Bill Parcells, but that's why the Bill Parcells move was was a nice move too because it wasn't a Jerry Jones kind of move. This is very much kind of like Bill Parcells, where a guy who has past experience, past playoff experience, Super Bowl experience, and McCarthy's going to bring that experience to the Cowboys, to a Cowboy team that is ready to go. And that is the difference. The Cowboy team that Parcells took over, that was a team that had to get rebuilt. That was a team that had to get rebuilt to a contender, and they eventually did. This team is not a rebuild. This, not, this team is not a rebuild. This team is not coming off a 3-13, and 2-14, and a couple of years. No, this team is coming off a playoff appearance two years ago and eight and eight, a disappointing 8-8 eight eight this year. They are ready to go to the playoffs. They are ready to win a Super Bowl. They're ready to become Super Bowl champions and take the next step. I think Mike McCarthy is the perfect head coach for that. He's perfect for it. Me too. I think he's going to be great. Yeah. I think this is such a great hire. When I, heard, when I heard this hire was made, I said, wow, wow. The, good, good job, Cowboys. I think, Jer- I, think Mike McCar- I think Jerry hit it out of the park with this one. Jerry yeah. and Stephen Jones hit it out of the park with this one. So, All right, so buy or sell. Cousins will not have his reputation of failing in a big game, and he will pull out a win on Sunday. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, the, but it's 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 more so about the rep is more so about people still have their doubts about Cousins after even if he wins against the <clears> Niners. <throat> I actually will do buy that. I still think people will that reputation will still carry over. I, you know, we it is a still kind of wait and see kind of thing with Cousins, even though what he did on Sunday was great. Uh, what he did on Sunday showed a lot of people that he could that he could do it that he can do it. But did it erase all of his doubters? Did it erase that perception, reputation entirely? No. And I actually do think even with a win against San Francisco, it won't fully, fully, fair or unfair, fully take away that reputation that he's not a big game performer. Because you got to keep doing it. you got to go to the NFC title game and do it. you got to go to the Super Bowl and do it to really get that 
not a big-game quarterback moniker off your shoulder. It always happens. happened to Steve Young. It happened to Joe Flacco. You know, even though Flacco had them in the Super Bowl the year before they won it, it happens to it happened to Matt Ryan before they got to the Super Bowl and made their run at it. Uh, I know the 20-3 loss was bad, but still, uh, it happens to a lot of guys. You know, Peyton Manning, of course, for years with Peyton Manning, wasn't a big-game player performer, was able to finally win a Super Bowl, got that off his back. Mm. It, it happens to that's it's just the nature of the beast, and that's what that's what's going to happen with Cousins. Even if he wins against San Francisco, and that will be another feather off feather off his cap, he's still going to have it. Won't that reputation will still not fully go away? He's still going to have to keep going and keep winning and win a Super Bowl to really get that off off his shoulders. All right. So by yourself, Freddie Kitchens is a better fit for the Giants than Jason Garrett. Oh, oh, oh this is a tough one. This is a tough one because it's so even to me. But I'm going to barely sell, sell, sell. Barely sell yeah. because Jason Garrett, while I don't think Freddie Kitchens as the offensive corner of the Giants would be a totally bad hire because it goes back to, again, he, had a, he did have a decent job. He did do a decent job as offensive coordinator with the Cleveland Browns as Baker, with Baker Mayfield. Jason Garrett does have more experience as offensive coordinator. It's one of the reasons why he was such a highly projected uh, coaching uh, candidate back in, uh, back in 2008. Uh, 2008, 2009, when he was first getting his interviews with the Ravens, he eventually did become the head coach mid-season 2010 with the Dallas Cowboys after they fired Lee Phillips. So I think I don't think I, I think I don't think Freddie Kitchens would be a bad hire, but I, I I do think comparing to Jason Garrett, if you are the Giants and you're looking at an offense corner, it comes between the two. I think for the Giants, you'd rather go with Jason Garrett over Freddie Kitchens, even though I don't think Freddie Kitchens would be a terrible hire as an offensive coordinator. Mm. So, all right. Buy or sell, the Washington Redskins will be a playoff-caliber team in three years under Ron Rivera. That's a tough one because he's such a good, hard-nosed coach, and I think he's a good hire for them. But the Redskins, and the Redskins are going to get – I am assuming and fully believe the Redskins should draft Chase Young with the second overall pick in the draft. I think he's perfect for Washington. Playoff-caliber team in three years – I'm going to sell that, sell, sell, sell. but it's going to be tough because Ron Rivera is, a, I think, a really good coach for them. He's going to build a culture. He's going to build a tough, hard-nosed defensive football team. It's weird. Washington came into this season with a good defense, but they kind of underwhelmed. So they really have to get back at it. They really have to get back at it in terms of defense. And, of course, it's going to come down to the growth of Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins had some good moments. A typical rookie had some bad moments to start. But he also had some good moments near the end. Typical rookie kind of year for Dwayne Haskins. I don't, I'm not, it not, you know, but still got to work, grow with him. Ron Rivera was able to grow and get Cam Newton into being a franchise quarterback for, for eight, nine years. So we'll see how he does with Dwayne Haskins. How does Ron Rivera also overcome Dan Snyder being in his ear? Mm. It's, it'll be interesting. Mm. I, I'm going to sell it barely because I do think there is a chance Washington is a playoff caliber team within three years because I do like Ron Rivera. I trust Ron Rivera. He was able to build the Carolina Panthers into not only a playoff team but a Super Bowl team, uh, an NFC Championship team. But we'll see what happens with Ron Rivera. I, I think I trust Ron Rivera to get the job done. It's more so can they get the talent? Can they develop Dwayne Haskins? Can Dan Snyder just stay out of the way, which I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. So I'm going to sell it barely, even though I would like to buy it because I do like Ron Rivera a lot. All right. Last one I have for you. Buy, buy or sell. The 49ers are going to be affected by the bye week. Buy, buy, buy. I'm actually going to buy, buy it. Buy, buy, buy. I'm actually going to buy it. Again, I, I, does that mean I think they're going to lose the game? doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose the game, but 
this is, again, considering this is a team with a first-year head coach, quarterback entering his first playoff appearance, a mostly young football team that hasn't really been there before, taking on a Vikings team that has seen playoff experience. The Vikings, of course, two years ago, Kirk Cousins in 2015, now, of course, has the game against Minnesota, uh, New Orleans to boot. I do think this game doesn't mean I think they're going to lose, but I do think it's going to affect them in at least to start the game. You know, I do think it will affect them at least to start the game. Maybe they start off a bit slowly. Maybe they start off with a couple of penalties. Maybe they start with a couple of miscommunications, all that stuff, right? Mm. It's more so of when that happens, or if it happens, do they have a lead? Or are they down down just by much? <laughs> like maybe it's 10 to 6 and a half. Maybe they're up 13 to 10 and a half. Maybe they're down 13, 10 and a half. It's going to be about where, where they're going to be at halftime. Now, if they come out and blow the doors off Minnesota, and they're up 21 10 or 21-7 at half, then, then obviously that gets thrown out. Then obviously that doesn't matter. Rest, uh, uh, The rest and the rust does, did, did, didn't mean anything. But I will say they will have some rust and it will affect them because, again, they're mostly young, uh, other than a few guys like Staley and Sanders and, and, and Richard Sherman. And they do have a head coach who Kyle Shanahan, as good as he is, and he's a fantastic head coach. He's proven to be a darn good coach. Might win coach of the year this year. How does he do as a head coach in the playoffs? It'll be interesting to see. The same mm. thing goes to guys like Matt LaFleur on Saturday uh, in his first Sunday in his first game with the Packers in the playoffs. That'll be interesting. So, But I do think it'll buy I do think it'll – I am going to buy it. I am going to buy it uh, for this week against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. All so right. that'll do it for buy or sell. And that will there we do go. It. That will do it for Thursday's edition of the Haystack Show. Once again, uh, obviously Mike could not make Mike today's show. He was uh, out with a flat tire. We hope he gets that fixed. We hope everything's good with yeah. him. We hope everything's good with him. Hope he's not stuck in a 38-foot pothole. Yeah, I know, right? In, uh, what was it? Pot, pot, pothole? Bill? Pothole Park. Pothole Park. In Pennsylvania. Mike, I hope you're not in Pothole Park in <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, but for your fill-in co-host, your fill-in backup quarterback co-host, Evan Mazza, for our awesome, super-duper, great Big J journalist, Monica Ray, who did another great job. Thank you. This has been the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.